This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Ingress. You only need to talk to country-based owners and trainers to realise that the Tab Highway concept has been a runaway winner for Racing New South Wales. The scheme met with some opposition when introduced in 2015, but it wasn't long before the Tab Highways captured the imagination of regional horsemen. Early days, trainers like Matt Dunn, Matt Dale, Danny Williams and Terry Robinson dominated the weekly highways, but now there seems to be a different winning trainer every week. For bush owners, the prize money has been a revelation, while punters love the highways as a betting medium. From a media viewpoint, the highways seem to throw up a good story most weeks. The Tab Highways are a key component of the new face of New South Wales racing. As we record this interview with Todd Pannell, there's a little over eight weeks of the current racing season remaining. The popular jockey is 19 wins ahead of Jason Holder on the South Australian Premiership and nine wins ahead of the same jockey on the Metropolitan Ladder. All he needs to do is maintain his current form to become South Australia's Premier Jockey for the first time. At 176 centimetres, Todd Pannell is one of Australia's tallest riders but looks nothing like that on the back of a thoroughbred. His neat style is complemented by a keen judgment of pace and a natural affinity with horses. He was originally apprenticed to his father, David, who was a long-time foreman at the Crown Lodge Adelaide stables, but at age 17 he was transferred to the Ingham's Carbine Lodge complex in Melbourne. He rode for his ticket in Melbourne and had his first race ride there in 2003. He still hadn't ridden a winner, when John Hawkes transferred him to the Warwick Farm stable and soon after he got the monkey off his back with a win on Feneke in a maiden at Kembla Grange. He was working in Crown Lodge's Brisbane stable when his apprenticeship ended. He decided to stay in Queensland while he sorted out his future under the managership of Melissa Shield, who still manages his rides. After two years riding in many parts of Queensland, Todd elected to head home to Adelaide and establish a permanent base. Ten years later, at age 35, he has emerged as the complete professional package who has the respect of all sections of the South Australian racing industry. Great to catch up with Todd Pannell on the podcast. Thanks for your time, Todd. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's been a great season and looks likely to present you with your first state title and possibly your first Metro. You've just got to keep that run rate up for another eight weeks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just got to keep the ball rolling. Uh, things be going really well at this, at this stage, so getting the, getting the right rides at the moment, so hopefully you can keep the ball rolling and uh, win the premiership. That big horse, Behemoth, uh, looked very unlucky in last year's Goodwood Handicap, which you won on dispatch. And he had no luck again this year with you on board. He walked out of the barrier. Yeah, two years in a row. He's been a little bit of an um, unlucky horse, I suppose, in those races. Um, yeah, like you said, he, he blew the start in this year's Goodwood and just ended up too far back off a slow speed, but he still he still managed to 
really hit the line good again and run fourth. So he's a top-class horse. He just says, mm. uh, uh, just does a few little things wrong in his races sometimes. Mm. Very strong late. You ran fourth behind Trekking, Gitra and Liar. There's a group one in this horse, Todd Behemoth. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's going to find his group one, I think, in his career. Um, uh, once everything goes right for him, he'll definitely win one of those races. And he had a, had a good prep before that as well when he ran in the in the Golden Eagle as well. Um, mm. So he's definitely got one in, in, in the future, I think. Mm. Hey, didn't he run a race and a half in the Golden Eagle? Again, he ran fourth behind Colding, Sunlight and Missy. And what a terrific run he just couldn't get in from that wide gate. No, he couldn't get in. Um, he still he, he still was able just to get a bit of cover in the race, which was which mm. did help. Um, but he really presented well at the top of the straight that day, and he stuck on very very gamely in that race. Mm. I watched the replay just the other day of the Golden Eagle, and you could see at, at, at the top of the straight he was wanting to roll in a bit. You had to stop and straighten him. As you say, he's uh, he's got a few quirky habits. Yeah, he does have a few little quirky habits, but, you know, there's plenty of talent there. So, you know, one day in one of those big races, everything will go right for him, I think. Mm. Now, David Jolly turned him out, didn't he, after the Goodwood, after the Adelaide Carnival? So he's obviously looking at the spring. Yeah, well, the original plan was, was with him. To, he was sort of going to head to the Stradbroke this prep, but... That sort of didn't pan out, so yeah, he's tipped him out, and hopefully, we'll find a nice race for him in the spring. You won a Group One over the Adelaide Carnival on the surprise packet of the year, Bella Vella, uh, who led to win the TAB Classic, formerly known as the Robert Sangster. Now, Todd, this is the mayor who went to stud in 2018, failed to go in full. She finished up on the English Digital Auction last year and was purchased for $22,000. She's now with Will Clarkin, who's won six races with her. Unbelievable what he's what he's done with this horse. Um, she's just thrived being in the stable here, and um, I've had, uh, I reckon, three wins on her now. And mm. She won the that Mooney Valley 955 Challenge as well before she came back here to run in the, in the group one here, and I mean, she was she was flying when she was back in Adelaide too, and um, I missed out on riding her one day when I did um, have had a fall earlier in the day, and mm. she won the listed race that day, and um, yeah, she just just worked out perfectly. She was just she's does nothing wrong in her races. That's the no. big thing about her. She she jumps forward, she puts herself in the race, uh, she just travels so kindly in front, and. Mm. Um, I was just nursing her along that day, and um, once I give her a squeeze, she she responded really good, and um, she actually ran the twelve hundred out uh, really well, which we were a little bit um, uncertain of. Mm. Um, but yeah, she, credit to her; she's just been flying this prep. I think um, Will's looking at the Moya Stakes at Mooney Valley, one thousand metres around the Mooney Valley track. Looks ideal, doesn't it? Perfect, yeah. Just like I've, like I've said before, with Will Clark and the team, their their programming is exceptional, um, and that just looks a perfect race for her next. Mm. Todd, I'll tell you what I've noticed about your style. Um, on dispatch in last year's Goodwood, you bounded out of the gate. He flew the lids, 
and led comfortably, as did Bella Vella in the TAB Classic recently, when you come out of the gates fast and find yourself in front and in front easily, you're loath to grab hold of them, aren't you? Yeah, I like to just balance up and just keep them in, keep them in control. I don't want them going too hard. So I reckon I sort of learnt that sort of style from Mr. Hawks, really, you know, mm. through my apprenticeship. And that's how he sort of liked his horses ridden as well. And that's sort of what I've used pretty much through all my career. Mm. It's silly to throw away an advantage like that, isn't it? That's right. And, you know, you need the horses to do that sort of thing as well. But, mm. um, yeah, like I said, it's definitely helped um, with my career at this stage. You ride for several stables in Adelaide, but you'd have to say your principal commitment is to Will Clarken, who's currently a clear-cut third on both state and metro premierships. He's a young trainer with a bright future. Yeah, he's been doing really good the last couple of seasons. He's starting to build up a few more horses now and get a lot bigger stable now, and he's certainly getting the results. We mentioned Dispatch, uh, on whom you won last year's Goodwood Handicap for Tony McAvoy. That's the one and only ride you've had on the horse. Yeah, that's the only ride I've had, yeah. It worked out really good. And um, Tony had two horses in that race in the Goodwood last year and mm. he offered me the ride on dispatch. I was quite happy to take that ride and, um, yeah, like I said, worked out perfectly again and uh, it was good to get the monkey off the back and win, the, win my first group one. Tony McAvoy often puts you on, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, certainly. He always always offers to use me, use my services here in Adelaide, and mm. yeah, really appreciate um, getting the rides for Tony McAvoy. The competition's pretty fierce among the Adelaide jockey ranks. Uh, Jason Hold has never been in better form. He's been riding really well the last twelve months or so. Kayla Crowther's had a great season. I think she won another treble on Saturday, and Beren Vorster. Didn't take long to make a name for himself over there. No, definitely not. You know, he's certainly one of the best best riders here in Adelaide. I think you know he's had a really good career. Um, you know, been in Singapore for a dozen or so years, and he's actually sort of someone I look up to uh, riding here in Adelaide, and, um, and just a great bloke to go with it. And what about young Lachlan Nindorf? He's had an incredible season. How do you read his future? Uh, yeah, definitely an up-and-coming uh, jockey, I think. Um, pretty good uh, record for his first season riding. Uh, um, he'd be someone that probably head over the border in the future, head over to Melbourne and mm. see how he goes over there, but he's got plenty of talent. Your greatest fan, Todd, is your dad, David, to whom you were originally indentured in the days when Crown Lodge had an Adelaide stable. John Hawkes actually gave his approval for you to begin your apprenticeship in Adelaide under the supervision of your dad. Yeah, it was good that he that he took me on as an apprentice. You know, probably at that stage um, in Mr Hawkes' career, he probably wasn't going to take any more apprentices on, I wouldn't think. But, um, yeah, I was the last one that he took on. So, no, it was, it was an absolute privilege to be apprenticed to Mr Hawkes. Mm. Your dad tried his hand as a jockey, didn't he, in Victoria and South Australia? I think he had a few rides over the jumps. Yeah, he did a bit of both. Yeah, he did. Um, didn't ride for many years. I probably only rode for a few years, but um, 
yeah, he said he didn't have much of a career as a jockey, so he didn't last too long, he said. <laughs> said he wasn't a Leicester pigot. No, definitely not. <laughs> Todd, you were only 17 when John Hawkes decided to move you to Melbourne. You had a year there and you tell me you rode in a world record number of barrier trials. Oh, yeah, yeah did plenty of them. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, Mr Hawkes, he, you know, got plenty of jump outs and trials into me. So, uh, the, you know, the more you do, the more you learn, I suppose. And, yeah. Um, you know, um, I would have had probably, you know, 100, I reckon, before I had my first ride. Yeah, and stood you in good stead. Definitely, yep, yep. Finally, one day, Wayne Hawke said to you, you're riding a horse called Wolfman in a maiden at Cranbourne. Now, that ride, Todd, that very first race ride was on the 24th of April 2003 and you went oh so close. Yeah, he just got beat and, uh, yeah, I was uh, pretty green, I'd say, having my first ride and, Mm. Um, I think the jockey that beat me was Craig Newitt, so he certainly had different styles at that stage of our career. Yeah, our oh, career. froggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, um, yeah, so he just beat me, and I reckon I rode him again. Um, Wolfman, his second start as well, and I think I ran second again on him. So yeah. I, I eventually did win on him. He was actually my first yeah. city win here in Adelaide at Cheltenham, so I had a mm. little um, good affinity with that horse, Wolfman. Yeah, well, he that horse followed you around, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I ended up riding him in Brisbane as well. I reckon I might have won on him at Eagle Farm one day as well. I think you did, yeah. yeah. Wolfman. Well, your riding career was underway at last and you were pretty excited when the boss suddenly switched you to the Sydney stable at Warwick Farm. Now, this happened a few times, Todd, didn't it? You were a shuttle jockey. Yeah, I travelled a lot. Yeah, I sort of even remember one day riding it. Um, Randwick and I think I only had three rides that day and uh, all three of them won and mm. uh, sort of had a shower, got ready and just got dropped straight back off at the airport and straight back to Brisbane for the races next day. I mm. think they were at the Sunshine Coast, so I was just sort of back and forth there for a couple of years. Mm. So you rode a treble at Randwick for the boss, for John Hawkes? I did, yeah. Mm. That's good to dine out on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Your first winner... Um, for the Hawk Stable. Uh, actually, no, this was your first winner, wasn't it? This horse called Feneke was in yeah, a maiden yeah. at Kembla Grange. Yep, that was, a, that was my first winner at Kembla. Um, mm. Yeah, and I sort of rode around those those places, did Kembla and Newcastle there for a little bit and, um, yeah, eventually sort of started riding in town there for a while and uh, eventually went to Brisbane as well. Mm. Well, you were in Brisbane where the stable was run by Michael Hawkes when your apprenticeship finished. So looking back on those Hawkes years, you've already paid uh, John Hawkes uh, a very high compliment, Todd. It's, he's obviously had an enormous influence on you. Oh, yeah, it's been an absolute privilege to to be apprenticed to John. Um, it's, you know, the experience you get with those, you know, even being those different stables, especially in, in the Sydney one when you got Peter Snowden and Paul Snowden as well, Michael, Wayne, um, yeah, you just never stop learning there. We'll just pause for a moment to clear a commitment on the podcast and we'll be back with Todd Panel after this. 
Sunday, July the 5th will be a unique day in the long history of Inglis when two major sales come together as traditional physical auctions at the world-class Riverside Complex at Warwick Farm. At 10am sharp, Easter Round 2 will get underway with 94 outstanding lots by world-class stallions like Brazen Bow, Deepfield, Dundeal, Exceed and Excel, Not a Single Doubt, Fastnet Rock, Frankel, I Am Invincible, Lonro, Schnitzel, Piero, and So You Think, with first season sires like American Pharaoh and Capitalist represented. English have decided to bring the famous scone sale to Riverside this year with a catalogue of 156 lots. This auction will begin immediately after Easter Round 2 concludes. All horses will be at Riverside from Thursday, July 2nd for your inspection. Who would have thought the famous Easter sale would have a winter session? Who would have dreamed the popular scone sale would come to town? Inglis have taken extraordinary steps to accommodate vendors and buyers in extraordinary times. It's really happening. Easter Round 2 and the Scone Sale together under the same roof on Sunday, July 5th. The Hawk Stable have actually put you on horses in Adelaide in recent years, Todd, when they bring horses over for the carnival. Yeah, I still get the odd ride here and there when they bring horses over and that's, you know, just sort of shows how much Mr. Hawks probably, you know, thought of me as an apprentice and a rider as well these days. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I said, an absolute privilege to keep riding for Mr. Hawks um, even now. There were three Crown Lodge jockeys in your time who made a very big impression on you. Yep, and uh, yep, still always my favourites, even though um, actually all three of them aren't riding now. Um, uh, Beadman. Uh, Quinn and Brown, you know, that was just, you know, something I learned a lot of in Sydney mainly with, with their riding, even just riding track work with them. Um, yeah, so that was just another good learning curve for me as, as an apprentice. Corey Brown is fighting hard to overcome uh, the spinal injuries he suffered in the Queensland Derby last year and I know that uh, in his heart and in his mind he's very keen to get back. Oh, definitely. You know, he's still, he's still, you know, he's got a few years in him. If he does, did, you know, if he was able to come back riding, but um, hopefully he does. You know, because he's he's great to watch watch um, ride and especially riding those big races as well. You decided to stay in Queensland until you sorted out your future, and this is where you appointed Melissa Shield as your manager. It's been a great association. And it's been a great friendship, and she is still your manager, even though you are states apart. Yeah, she's still my manager now. So I've probably had her managing me for, yeah, I think probably ne- nearly twelve or thirteen years now. And mm. um, yeah, she's just you know an absolute credit to her what she's done for me uh, in my career, and even the last few years now, it's just got better and better, and um, we're getting a lot more better rides now, and. Mm. Um, and the results are showing, which is really, really good. Melissa is married to a former successful jockey in Shane Shield, so she knows the business. Oh, definitely, yep, and she manages a couple other people as well, so uh, she's she's really, really good at this job. Um, like I said, she's just been a credit to my career as well. Mm. Todd, um, during your two years in Queensland, Melissa established 
contacts for you all over the state. She sent you to Cairns, she sent you to Townsville, to Mackay, to Rockhampton, wherever she could get you the best book of rides. All terrific experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I went yeah, to a lot of places and, um, you know, probably the last 12 to 18 months, I reckon I was in Queensland, I was sort of mainly riding at the Gold Coast as well and that's probably when I just – it got a little bit uh, dry – that last 12 months and that's when I decided to come home just to have a bit of a change I think and um, yeah it certainly kicked off again the last few years. After two very good years in Queensland you suddenly felt you needed to drop anchor. You must have been feeling as though you were all over the shop but you, you badly needed to build a permanent support base. You gave it a lot of thought and decided to head home to Adelaide. You've been back for a decade. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's gone pretty quick, I think. So now it's been it's, – certainly I think, you know, I've definitely made the right choice to come back here. And uh, like I said, the results have been showing uh, lately. So I'm, I'm definitely glad I've come back to Adelaide. Mm. Now, modern communications being what they are, Melissa is able to operate as your manager from Queensland, even though you're riding in South Australia all the time. But you tell me that uh, she attended the uh, Adelaide Awards Night at the end of last season and made a point of meeting a lot of the local trainers. That's a professional thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good to good to see Melissa come down to Adelaide and meet a few trainers and everything like that. But, um, yeah, like, you know, these days it's mainly on the phone as well. So, but it was good to see her come down and meet a few trainers, and um, you know, probably you know, put a face to the to the voice, I suppose, with yeah. some of these trainers. Mm. Well, uh, she's doing a wonderful job. I spoke with her just the other day, actually, Todd, to make sure you didn't have writing commitments today, uh, so that we could get this podcast recorded. And uh, we had a good chat, and I know she's thoroughly enjoying the association. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, she she enjoys her job, and I'm certainly been enjoying it now lately. Seeing we're getting a lot of good rides, and um, yeah, hopefully keep the ball rolling. Unlike the eastern state riders, you haven't had to worry about placing yourself in a zone in South Australia. You've been able to ride at all of the usual places with very strict protocols in place, obviously. Yeah, we certainly we certainly got the protocols in place and doing everything right by that. Um, but yeah, like I said, South of, South Australia is not a real big place, and some of these tracks aren't too far away from where where I'm based, so that's I'm able to go do as many places as I can. Mm. You often got to places like Port Pirie and Mount Gambia uh, in years gone by. You rarely attend those meetings now, though. Yeah, I don't do a lot of the southeast meetings now. Um, just mainly sort of around here in the provincial area. Um, certainly, I still do Port Lincoln, so we fly over to Port Lincoln during that season. So no, I'm still getting a lot of support over over there at this, at this stage, so I'll still keep going to Port Lincoln. You and your partner, Crystal, are kept very busy by son, Jack, who must be, what, six now? He's seven now. He just turned seven in April. Goodness me. You'd have your hands full then. Yeah, it certainly got me hands full and... He's um he's not all that interested in the horses at, at this stage, but I think in the coming years he'll start watching me a little bit more, hopefully. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crystal's services as a strapper 
keenly sought uh, by the Hayes Dabenig team whenever they bring horses to Adelaide at carnival time. Is Crystal Victorian by birth? No, she's actually from uh, New Zealand. Is she? And, uh, yeah, nice. And she came over to Brisbane. That's where I met her in, in Brisbane. And, yeah, we both came down back here to Adelaide. So, mm. no, she still straps here and there and does a little bit of work for, mm. you know, sort of any trainer that needs, 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 uh, needs some help. She won a lot of hearts when she looked after a horse called Valak, who won a Group 3 race in Adelaide last year. And I can remember the TV pictures. She was caught on camera giving that old grey horse a kiss and a cuddle after the race. It was lovely stuff. Yeah, she's got a soft spot for that horse. Um, yeah, he's a beautiful horse. And, yeah, we've got a few pictures around of Valak in the house, I tell you. <laughs> What's your comfortable weight, Todd? Oh, comfortable is probably 57 at this stage, especially coming into winter. It gets a little bit harder, mm. um, but still, you know, riding 55, 55 and a half. So as long as I sort of keep through that from winter, I should get me through. Mm. As I said in the intro, at 176 centimetres, you are one of the tallest jockeys in Australia. You don't look at uh, on horseback and you, you don't ride long either. Uh, is it something you've just had to work at? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just sort of keeping it, especially um, even in my early years, just with styles and that. Um, looking up to Stephen Arnold, the way his seat was, he certainly didn't look tall on a horse. He, mm. he really looked good um, on, on, on the back of a horse. So mm. I just had to just try and uh, try and get it right and just not, not look too tall on him, I suppose. Mm. If Steve would be possibly a fraction taller than you, wouldn't he? He is, yeah. He's a fraction taller than me, yeah. Yeah. First time I ever saw Steve Arnold was at Rose Hill. I was working down outside the weighing room for Sky Channel. He walked out of the jockey's room to talk to the owners and trainer of the horse he was engaged for, and I did a double take. It could have been John Wayne <laughs> in Rio Bravo. <laughs> He's a he's a brilliant jockey to go with it too. Oh. So he's done it. He's had a fabulous career, and uh, to watch his weight and do what he's done is an absolute privilege to him. Yeah, and what a talent! And wasn't he pretty to watch? Definitely, yeah, one of the best in the business, I think. Well, at thirty-five, Todd, you've got a lot of experience under your belt, and there's no doubt you're on the brink of your best years as a professional jockey. And the winners this season are testimony to your dedication, to your work ethic and your natural talent. Keep up the good work, mate, and you are thoroughly deserving of the accolade of being South Australia's premier jockey for 2019-20. Thanks, John. And great to talk on the podcast. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Ingress.